Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show. It's Wednesday, the 20th of January, 2021. Did you know that this is the exact same thing backwards and won't happen for another thousand years? <laughs> How about that? 12021, run it backwards. Even if you oh, did 2021, is the exact same number. Some crazy stuff. Anyway, I'm Dave Lochran on Twitter at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And with me, first time this season doing the strategy show. Well, for me, not him. First time together. Alex Baker, number one ranked DFS player. You know him as Awesome O on Twitter at Awesome O DFS. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? First NBA strategy show with you, and you've already blown all of our minds. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to put all the numbers together. It's like... 120 21 like xavier tillman black <laughs> like what does this mean <laughs> trying to rain man a dfs slate <laughs> exactly yeah it's not as easy as you think <laughs> no i don't think it's easy at all oh uh, we got a lot to talk about today uh 10 games and we're happy to have all of you guys with us as always hit that thumbs up if you're just walking in the door or if you're watching this after we've gone live, after it's dropped on YouTube uh, and in podcast form, you can listen to everything uh, on our podcast platform. Subscribe to the channel as well. Greatly appreciated. We're at 48.7. We need 1300 before we get to 50K. Got about three weeks to get there if we make the Super Bowl push. But really, forget about all that. If you like the show, if you like the free content on the channel, maybe you'll even like us. Uh, and you think along the way we've helped you out and made you better players or thought and looked at DFS differently, hit us with a subscribe, join the community, and uh, always know when we're going live. We show up on the recommended feed more, the browse feature, 
all of that great stuff. And uh, it helps us combat that pesky YouTube algorithm. So that's really the biggest thing here. You didn't play yesterday, which is probably the first time I've ever heard you say you haven't played a slate of DFS since I've known you. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like, uh, my fiance, like, had some, a friend that was having a birthday party, and we were going over at 6.30, and I was like, you know, locks at 8. So I, I have it set up so I can update projections and stuff via my phone. <laughs> so I was just kind of, like, keeping an eye on the news, like, doing that and uh, drinking a bunch of beer and wine. So not too bad. Well, someone that plays a lot of sports like yourself, essentially every sport, and is creating projections and ownership for them every day, I would imagine at least once in a while you need to take a day off and just kind of reset, right? Spend some time with the fiancé and get drunk. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, um, it was more about the timing than anything, but, like, it turns out maybe I missed a slate that wasn't that exciting. So <laughs> you're telling me that uh, Jokic kind of busted and then he was still, like, the top play. Yep. Yeah, Brian in chat says, uh, Jamal Murray killed me. Yeah, Jamal had 17. And if you had, if you uh, came in underweight or faded Jokic, maybe in like a single or three max and saw that he had 56, you would have felt pretty decent about your prospects getting to all of those other mid-range or like low, higher price players. But it didn't matter because everybody that, you know, you had to play in order to get Jokic ended up having uh, a really solid game. Uh, but you know what's crazy too, Alex, is apparently Kevin Herter is – one of the best players in basketball right now. Did you see what he cost today on DraftKings? Well, I mean, it's 120-21, so <laughs> that, like, that weird things it. are happening today. But, yeah, <laughs> what's his price? 9500 I mean, that reminds me of the day that P.J. Tucker was, like, 6K. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really contrary in play. <laughs> it would be great tournament option. <laughs> he, 9,500. He was 5,700 last game. That let me, let me ask you something, though, and then we're going to dive into this and go game by game. That, that has to just be a, a, an error in the, in the pricing system or whoever priced Kevin Herter today, right? It has to be. Yeah, I mean, like, you know that behind the scenes there's a, a team of guys and ladies probably working on all these pricings, and there's some algorithm, and they're kind of looking at it, trying to figure out what makes a slate the best to play so i have no idea like what the break in the system was because that is quite the anomaly yeah he's gonna need <laughs> yeah you can you can always count on 50 plus from kevin herter <laughs> all right let's dive into it brooklyn at cleveland um kyrie irving you know sent out an apology to everyone alex and it sounded heartfelt enough he said he needed a pause look it's not my – I talk about it all the time. I, I'm not here to to be a moral arbiter on, on you know, right and wrong. And, you know, once in a while I'll say some things, but I'm not going to get into Kyrie's personal life. What we do know is that he's back, he's off the injury report, uh, and he's going to play. This will be the first time of the year, since, and, of course, since the blockbuster trade last week, that James Harden, Kevin Durant – and, uh, and Kyrie Irving will be playing alongside each other. The game right now has an, uh, has an over-under of 223.5. The Nets are 10-point road favorites against Cleveland. Very simply, how do you see this dynamic working between these three, you know, th these are some big, big personalities and also three elite NBA players. 
Definitely. I'm trying to like put myself back into 2017 where LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love were all on the same team. I mean, from what I remember, Kyrie was pretty good at fantasy on that team where I guess Harden would be like the LeBron of this team. And I get Kevin Durant, like not exactly comparable to Love, but he's a guy that can play off ball. So at least that helps their dynamic. I think uh, it's going to be hard because, like, they're all, like, primarily getting points through scoring and assists, and none of these guys really um, score assisted baskets. So, like, the assists are going to go down, and then the points are going to be spread around a lot. So, for DFS, not the most exciting uh, situation today. Yeah, it's really not. I think we can agree on one thing, though. When you look at this team, essentially everyone else is just going to be frozen out of the offense entirely, right? So, like if I'm if I'm looking at if I'm looking at the the Brooklyn Nets and trying to figure out who it's going to be uh, that gets all of the opportunity, I mean, look at the first two games with Harden and Kevin Durant. Uh, Harden had a 36% usage rate. Durant had a 34% usage rate, and no one had a usage rate north of 14% after that. It was Joe Harris in 67 minutes that was at 14.4. So you take that, you, you, you throw Kyrie Irving into the mix. Um, you have to think that we're looking at, you know, three high 20% usage rates, maybe. I mean, are there even any other teams that, that are that are comparable to this? I was thinking like Kyrie, or sorry, um, Leonard and, and Paul George and maybe Lou Williams when he was on the floor with them. But this is, this is pretty extreme. And, you know, you say that there's not a lot of, of appeal here. When you look at all of these price points, can you say Kyrie Irving is viable or do you think he'll be limited today? Is there really anything from Brooklyn that intrigues you? Because if it's not these big three, we're not getting anywhere, maybe unless DeAndre Jordan or something. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan, depending on how this game plays out, is kind of intriguing because the only other centers on the roster right now are Reggie Perry and Jeff Green. Uh, of course, Jeff Green is kind of like a small ball center. So I guess what's probably going to happen now is Kyrie is going to start in place of Jeff Green, where Jeff Green is going to come off the bench and back up DeAndre Jordan. I think that will negatively impact Jordan's minutes because the team seems to prefer Jeff Green as center for whatever reason, uh, given that they're closing with him over DeAndre, a lot of games, so <clears throat> uh, just a stay away spot for me. Okay. Yeah, Jordan played 38 minutes last game against Milwaukee. Uh, it's tough to decide whether or not that was just a matchups thing uh, or if, if DeAndre Jordan was actually uh, getting more minutes for the long term, but it's hard to say. I'm with you. Brooklyn's a really tough team. I think there's some tournament appeal just because – on any given night, one of these guys can rip off a monster, monster game. Uh, but, you know, it's either take the wait and see approach here and, and see how this team functions as a trio with uh, Harding, Irv Harden, Irving, and, and Durant, or just, you know, jump on one of them and, and hope that it pays off. But it's going to be really tough to try to decipher where the value is coming at each day in Brooklyn, especially mm. with Harden and Durant still so expensive. This what seems going to be. Yeah, go ahead. This seems going to be great for top shots, maybe less so for uh, NBA <laughs> DFS. Exactly. Uh, what about the Cleveland side? They uh, again ten point dogs. Two eight. <laughs> they have an implied total 
of 106.8. And we're still, you know, they, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries lately. Mm-hmm. Colin Sexton coming into this one is questionable with the ankle. Darius Garland also has that Q tag with the shoulder injury. So their two starting front court players are out, are questionable. And Kevin Porter is expected to be traded after that outburst throwing food in the locker room. Yeah, so they got some new faces in town. I think was it Torian Prince that got his locker. Yeah. So that kind of showed like how yeah. far down in the, the backing order Kevin Porter fell. Um, this matchup between Andre Drummond and the Brooklyn Centers is a little intriguing. Maybe that will lead to DeAndre Jordan getting some more minutes. But the problem is Jared Allen being in Cleveland is a big upgrade from there are other centers uh, who were backing Drummond up, so I expect the minutes to come down for Drummond. And then um, we have Torian Prince coming into the rotation, kind of muddying the waters a little bit at the wing position, as well as Garland and Sexton potentially coming back for this game. It just it, too many guys are jumping in here, it's making everyone look really overpriced. What about the front court with with Jared Allen in the mix now? This will be his first game with the Cleveland Cavaliers, which introduces and you know you talked about this. We talked about the new faces, the new arrivals. You know you you have him in. You have Andre Drummond. You have Larry Nance. Kevin Love remains out, but I mean, like, is this a stay away spot entirely for you in the front court now too, including Andre Drummond because his price is so high. It is, yeah, because Jared Allen and Andre can't play on the court together, really, since neither of them is a good three-point shooter. I know Andre Drummond tries uh, these days, but uh, the minutes are going to have to come down with that in mind. All right. You want to move on to the next one? Yep. Yeah, who would have thought that we talk about a game with Irving, Harden, and Durant against the Cavaliers? They're like, eh, not much here for us, but – that's what happens when you got three guys with massive usage playing alongside of each other for the first time. Next up, Dallas and Indiana. Let's talk about the uh, the Mavericks first. 109.75 implied total. They're one-point favorites, so uh, expected to be a really close game. This has a 218.5 total, which is pretty par for the course in 2020, 21. Uh, Luka Doncic coming off those two back-to-back games, really underwhelming performances um, or sorry, really underwhelming performance in the second one. The monster game in a blowout loss in that first one was on pace for 100 points uh, had that game not devolved into an even bigger blowout. But 87 and a half fantasy points for him two games ago. He's 10,700, Alex, which is the second highest priced player on the entire slate behind James Harden. What are your thoughts on Luka today on a 10-gamer? I think he's solid. Um, I mean, the numbers like really couldn't be better. His assist percentage is like 50% on the year. I've never seen a number that high. So I'm like looking to make sure this isn't some sort of error. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he's at 52% <laughs> assist percentage on the year. Obviously, like scoring at the highest rate on the team. And he's one of the leading rebounders. So he's really doing it all. Now, the Indiana team tonight is interesting because Miles Turner has this fractured hand. Um, So I don't think he'll play, but there's been no announcement that he's out. But if Turner is out, I think that the the pace of this game is going to be a little bit quicker with Domantas Sabonis at the five instead of Turner, who's more of a defensive player. So I think for Dallas, that's a little bit of a bump up. 
And then uh, you got Porzingis coming off this injury. He's been playing pretty good minutes. He played that back-to-back, which was encouraging. So that was that's a good spot. And then Bronson joined the starting lineup last game. It's interesting because, like, with the starting unit, you'd expect his fantasy score to not be that good. But he got pretty good minutes. So at a cheap option, as a cheap option, he's in the mix. So let's <laughs> stick with Porzingis for a second here. The one thing I really like about him is, as you mentioned, not only did he play both games in a back-to-back and played 32-plus minutes in both, but, Alex, he actually lost three minutes in that second game due to a blowout and two minutes in the first game due to a blowout. So when you're looking at his playing time, he was on pace for 35 minutes in both of those games on the first and second leg of back-to-backs, which to me – is really important for a guy that's under $8,000 playing on a team with outside who outside of Luca doesn't have any high usage guys. Of course you have Tim Hardaway, but he's a spot up shooter that, you know, was making his bones without Porzingis on the floor this year. Now he's going to take more of a backseat uh, role, but with a 30% usage rate and a 14% rebound rate, six and a half percent block rate through his first uh, four games and the clear uh, opportunity to play 35-plus minutes in a competitive spot, which this should be tonight. Porzingis at 7,900 does seem pretty interesting. Definitely, yeah. That's a good price for him. Um, and 7,500 at FanDuel looks even better. So yeah, I think um, I do notice that the, the line of the Pacers are rolling out today gets blocked about 25% more than average, which is another encouraging sign especially on FanDuel. So I think Porzingis is a pretty solid play. 2% projected ownership on DraftKings right now is really, really low. And then over on FanDuel, we've got him projected around 10% at 7,500. I know it's a 10-game slate. It's a bit tough to get there. But uh, I think Porzingis has a monster ceiling uh, in in any spot like this, particularly uh, in a close game. What about the Pacers side of the ball? You mentioned Miles Turner uh, is dealing with that injury. And he is, I believe, still questionable with the hand injury. Do you have anything that really stands out to you for the Pacers today with the no Turner, Depot? The Turner injury is going to be uh, huge for this because if he's out, we saw Doug McDermott enter the starting lineup and play huge minutes. And he's just not really priced like he's playing that kind of minutes. So he would be one of the top plays of the day as well as kind of solidifying the role of Justin Holiday because those two between <clears throat> who's hotter might uh, close the game normally. Now they both have a spot to do that. And Sabonis uh, would get a, a little bit of a boost to rebounding. I mean, he's the guy that gets most of the defensive boards anyway, uh, not Turner. So that might not make a huge difference, but he, he's a terrific fantasy player. So I think the Pacers will look pretty good if Turner's out, if he's in. Uh, I think the stars will still look good, but uh, Doug McDermott wouldn't be as exciting. Top options from this game? Turns out Doug McDermott is the top option for me, and it's a bonus. Very solid regardless of who's in or out. It's just that you can only probably get a couple of these 10K guys in your lineup. For sure. You want to talk about top shots, man. I've been scooping up the Sabonis ones over the last week, and it's through the roof now, baby. (laughs) This guy can play basketball undervalued, underappreciated, big things happening with Sabonis. But he's not undervalued on DraftKings, uh, $9,800, and on FanDuel, $96. So uh, he is, his price is a reflection of what he's been able to do on the hardwood this season. 
Uh, and then I'll just throw it out there one more time. Luca in any spot, particularly competitive games, I'm on board with. Uh, I'm also not worried about him playing with Porzingis. I think having another uh, quality player who is capable of shouldering a, a, a decent load as far as usage goes can do nothing but help Luka Doncic instead of making him the only player out there in games where they're probably going to lose. So uh, I like him and I like Kristaps uh, Porzingis at virtually no ownership on DraftKings. Uh, I haven't built lineups yet, so maybe it'll look a lot different, but uh, 10% on FanDuel at 7,500 is also really appealing. How about Boston and Philadelphia, Alex? This should be a fun game to watch, maybe not the greatest fantasy game. Celtics five-point dogs on the road, 220-and-a-half total here. Um, so, th- yeah, five-point or th- five point road dogs for the Boston Celtics. I was a little bit surprised to see that. Jalen Brown right now is getting more ownership than anyone in this game at 17.5% on FanDuel. What are your thoughts on the Boston Celtics today? Yeah, Kemba Walker is back, so that's kind of cool, but he's on a minutes limit. That probably does cut into the roles of Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, who with Tatum out for COVID, they probably <clears throat> would uh, normally get a bump. But once you have Kemba Walker coming back, that kind of makes that bump a lot smaller. So I think uh, Jalen Brown is he's having a great season. The price has gone up, and the matchup versus Philadelphia with Embiid back isn't particularly good. So I'm not seeing a ton of value on Boston today, but Jalen Brown, he is a pretty great player. Do you think the price point makes it difficult there, or is it is it just the fact that it's, a tough, it's just going to be tough to get to him on this slate? Just on this slate, yeah. I think uh, the Boston team total of 106 versus Philadelphia, it kind of – indicates that this game is going to be a little bit lower scoring and then you have Kevin Walker coming back so you don't have that injury bump uh, to account for Jalen Brown's increased price. Yeah, I was looking at, uh, I was trying to see, let me put Hayward in this query as well. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown's usage with Tatum off the floor and Gordon Hayward off the floor as well. Last year, since the start of last season, it's 28.6%. Not a bad number there. Assist rate is 17%, though. Rebounding rate for Jalen Brown of 10%. And fantasy points per minute, he's coming in at 1.13. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit difficult to get there. Plus, another thing, the Sixers have played really great defense when they're healthy this year, Alex. Before all of the COVID mess, they were ranked number one in defensive rating. And when you have Ben Simmons... Uh, and you have Joel Embiid anchoring that defense, uh, Jalen Brown could still have a good game, but I think it just makes him less appealing. So if you have nothing else on Boston, I'm happy to talk about the Sixers here. Uh, I'll just mention Joel Embiid is like one of the few players in the league that if he goes out, like the over under of a game will go up. He's like that good at defense. So um, that is definitely a hit to Boston today. For sure. And, Honestly, if he was if he was out today, the Sixers might be home dogs. Uh, he can move a line quite a bit. You're right because of what he does offensively and just such a staple on defense as well. Let's start it off with him. Then he's ninety six hundred dollars on DraftKings, on FanDuel. Uh, Joel Embiid is ninety eight hundred. Matter of fact, he's cheaper than three other centers, only two of whom will be playing today. Carl uh, Anthony Towns out 
with COVID-19. But Joel Embiid, when you look at the amount of minutes, and I think this is really important, that he's played in competitive games, 34 in regulation against Miami, game went to overtime, uh, 37 in that game against Washington, 37 against Charlotte in a close game, 38 in a close win over Toronto. He has played 37-plus minutes four times this season. So we're seeing a, a different Embiid here where he's going to get as many minutes as he can as long as he's healthy. Definitely, yeah. I mean, that's been a pretty awesome thing to see is in the competitive games, he's getting a lot more burn. So his upside is a lot higher this year than we're used to. And he only missed one game. He was expected to miss two or more. So on one hand, you could say maybe he's playing um, he's playing injured or with a sore knee. On the other hand, you could say maybe it was all precautionary and the guy is completely fine. Uh, I, I lean towards that direction because when Embiid is out there, uh, he might fall a lot. I mean, the guy falls so much, but he doesn't stop playing. He He's going to, no matter what, if he's on the floor, you're going to see him play and give it everything. Uh, across however many minutes he's given. Do you like anybody from from Philadelphia today uh, in what should probably be, uh, I wanted to say a lower scoring game, but the total's at 220 and a half. So it's not that low of a projected score. Yeah. Um, The other piece here is Seth Curry's back today. So I expect him to join the starting lineup again, sending Maxi to the bench. I think those minutes falling away from guys like Danny Green and Shake Milton uh, makes them pretty much unplayable. So then you're left with Ben Simmons, Harris, and Embiid. Very solid options, but on a 10-game slate, they don't really stand out as guys you need to get. All right. So nothing here, really. Yeah, just uh, no core plays, I'd say. Got it. Detroit and Atlanta. Let's go to this one here. Kevin Herter, $9,500. Uh, if you're our boy Adam Kaufman, it's Kevin – was it Horder? What, what, what was it, Jordan? Uh, Herder? Herder? Horder? Horder? <laughs> Kevin Horder? Yeah. <laughs> Greg gave him a tough time for that and then went on to call Nurkic Jusuf. So <laughs> we all have our quirks, don't we? Anyway, uh, I mess them up all the time. Not those names, but plenty of others. Detroit, five-point dogs, two, another 220-and-a-half total game uh, against the Hawks. Let's start off with the road team and the Detroit Pistons, Alex. I, I just want to say one thing, and then I'll toss it over to you. Blake Griffin um, is, is a shell of his old self. And I went back and, and, and watched much of the last game. I went back and watched a lot of his opportunities, his touches from previous games. He is – it seems like he's uninterested in playing basketball. He's he'd rather spot up three, uh, take spot up threes than back someone down to the basket. Like he's been so good at doing in the past. And uh, at, at this point, I, I see the price point. It's beautiful. He's cheap against Atlanta and I probably still end up getting the sum, but I would be lying to you if I said after what I've seen out of Blake, that I was not legitimately concerned about what to expect from him going forward. And really, uh, ownership is, is is saying the same thing at only 2% on DraftKings, Alex, at $6,100 in what should be an up-tempo game against the Hawks. Your floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, Blake Griffin, uh, he, he has an interesting role on this team where he's playing point forward. So uh, he's, like, really facilitating the offense. 
but he doesn't really – I mean, I, from the game I watched, he's not really aggressively trying to take the ball to the basket like he used to. So he just hasn't been as good for fantasy. The better player on the team for fantasy has been Jeremy Grant. He got signed to the big contract in Detroit. His role on the team is just way bigger than anyone expected. The price uh, has fallen just a tiny bit, and um, you got this matchup versus the Hawks. I mean, early in the season, we were seeing Hawks games like go for it was like one fifty to one forty and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's definitely like a bump to whoever's playing them. So I see a little bit of value uh, with Jeremy Grant. Isn't it crazy the way that this guy has elevated his game over the past like one and a half seasons? It all started to come together in the postseason last year with Denver. And now you look at him and and I never thought that he would be garnering, you know, price points upwards of 8K. He was 8,200 last game. It's really insane, but it's warranted with the way that he's played, Alex. Yeah, I mean – it's interesting. He's always been a good player. Like I remember the, I'd never heard of Jeremy Grant and then Sahil Sud took down all these tournaments with Jeremy Grant. When he was like, still on the Sixers, right? Yeah. It was yeah. like, I didn't even know this guy was going to be in the rotation. <laughs> I'm like, who the F is this? And that, that left a big imprint on my mind where it's like, this guy, he can ball, uh, but his role on teams has never been like the lead offensive player like it is now. So I'm not surprised he's having pretty good stats this year. I don't know how much it's helping the Pistons win, though. Yeah, I, it's a great point. Was he still Max Dullery at the time? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right? But yeah, it's going back a while. But, yeah, Jeremy Grant, 26% usage rate. Uh, the thing with Jeremy Grant is you're not going to get a ton of assists, but I'll tell you this much. One thing he's very good at, he is a good shot blocker for not being a big, for not being a you know a center. He, he, he started off playing it at the three, uh, but – you know, he could play either the three or the four, and he can grab blocks uh, at a pretty high clip, which is something that's encouraging. He's also been getting a lot more potential assists in recent games, which I don't know if that's sustainable. Um, and, and I don't know how much of that has to do with, with Derrick Rose sitting. What did Derrick Rose miss one game or two? I don't remember. He maybe he didn't miss. What's up? He missed a few. Missed a few, yeah. So uh, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. But Atlanta plays – uh, at a top eight pace, Detroit plays at the 23rd or the sixth slowest pace in the league. It's definitely a pace up spot for them. Anything else for Detroit? Nothing else that I'm seeing a lot of value. I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued by Josh Jackson, but the minutes haven't been there uh, in the past few games. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, ownership right now. Like Grant's actually getting a decent amount of ownership. He's only $200 less than Porzingis but he's getting like 13% more projected ownership on DraftKings. That's definitely something to keep in mind if you're looking for places to potentially be different. Uh, albeit a 10-game slate, you don't need to do a ton. Talk to me about the Atlanta Hawks, and let's start with, with Trey Young because Trey Young, man, he's, he's, he's probable. He's going to play. I just read a, a long article, a really well-written article that explained his struggles this season, and – you know, if you look at some of his fantasy points, you're like, oh, he's been okay. Well, his three-point shooting has been dismal, 27% three-point shooting. And apparently John Collins and other players were frustrated that he's getting shots up at the beginning of the shot clock 
not letting it wind down. They were down by one possession the other day, and he brings it past half court and just jacks up a three before any of his players even got past half court. So not only did he miss on a terrible ill-advised shot with a hand in his face, but there was nobody there to rebound the ball in the event that he missed. And apparently there's some frustration. I don't know how how serious it is. Maybe that's why Kevin Herter is $9,500 because he's the new alpha on this team. But uh, I think Trey Young being cheaper than Kevin Herter today against the Detroit Pistons is very much worth discussing, even though he has struggled early on. Yeah, it sounds like Trey Young is trying to be the next Mr. Big Shot, um, but he doesn't have the game to back it up right now. Detroit is a little bit of a down-paced team, so this really shouldn't give a huge bump to Atlanta. Trey Young's like a great player, but he doesn't really rebound, which makes him on a tier below a lot of the other top guys. So it's really that that that's making me not love him. I think he's like a solid play, but um, it, he's getting a ton of assists and points, but the the rebounds can't keep him from re- reaching that upper echelon. Okay. Is there anything that really stands out to you today for, for Atlanta? If you go across the board, you have Capella, John Collins, uh, all solid but unspectacular players. And then you have uh, DeAndre Hunter is probable. All of these Q tags are guys that are mostly probable outside of Danilo Gallinari, who's already been ruled out today with that ankle injury. Yeah, I agree with you. That looks pretty much like meh, I guess, because uh, – there's no real news here or matchup to really shake things up. Capella is a little bit interesting. Um, he's had some big minute games. I don't really think that the Pistons would be a team that they need him out there like as much as they've run him out there against some teams like Philly. So uh, just average options there. Okay. Yeah, Cam Reddish has seen his price point come down. Like I, I think he's fine as a, as a tournament dart throw. If you want, if you think this game uh, stays competitive and potentially shoots out, but uh, all in all, it's not one that that I'm hugely interested in. I did want to ask you one more question before we move on, though. We have Mason Plumlee getting a double digit ownership today, and while he has done nothing in in the form of actually scoring points this season. He has been a a spectacular rebounder with a 25% defensive rebound rate, 18% total rebound rate, only 14% usage, but a near 20% assist rate as well. Does Mason Plumlee jump off of the, not jump off the page to you, but does he make sense to you at 5,200? Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's a solid option. It looks like the last game he played 35 minutes. Now, I really have no insight, like, why he went from playing, like, 28 minutes a game to 35 in this particular game, but it shows that there is a little bit of uh, upside here, and his price point is pretty low. The the only thing is that in the past, they've run out a three-man center rotation with Julio Okafor and Isaiah Stewart. And that's been what's really eating into his minutes. Uh, Julia Okafor has gotten a DMPCD the last two games, but the four games before that, he was playing. So it's anyone's guess if Okafor will be in the rotation tonight. Fair enough. <clears throat> Let's talk about Miami and Toronto. The Miami Heat just been absolutely battered by COVID-19 protocol. We've seen a lot of teams take a hit, but – 
you know, Miami's taken the brunt of it in, in many forms. You've got Jimmy Butler still out today. Tyler Harrow is not dealing with COVID-19. He's dealing with a neck injury that sidelined him last game. He is questionable for this one. Goran Dragic coming into tonight's game is probable. So, you know, that's some good news. Uh, but, you know, ultimately they're just trying to get healthy again, Alex, and not having Jimmy Butler is definitely uh, going to hurt them once again. But Toronto defensively has been a middle-of-the-road team this year. They're not the same you know, stout defense that they were in previous seasons, particularly in that finals winning campaign a couple of years ago. What are we doing with uh, the Miami Heat, assuming Tyler Hero plays? If Tyler Hero plays, uh, that pretty much kills a lot of the interest because he's uh, he's going to take a lot of the minutes of potential away from some of the guys that roster otherwise, like Karan Dragic. Dragic started the last game, so I would expect him to start again if Hero's out, making him a really underpriced play. So that would be interesting. But with if Hero's in, then uh, I might just take a, a couple of flyers on this team. Hero himself looks fine. Bam Adebayo. Uh, he's got a reasonable price tag, but the opportunity costs once he hit this 8K range is pretty high. Yeah, we had a super chat as well um, from Love 300 He says, yo, would y'all start Jeremy Grant over Aaron Gordon? If you had a choice, what choice would you pick? Thank you for that super chat. Uh, do you have any real read on that, Jeremy Grant or Aaron Gordon? If it's DraftKings, they're $300 separated. I think that's a good one. Yeah, I think both of them are very good options today. I guess uh, then it comes down to the matchup where Orlando is playing against Minnesota. I feel like that's the top matchup of the NBA right now. Um, just because Minnesota is pretty poor defensively, I don't expect that to be any different with Carl Anthony Towns out. Whereas Detroit's playing against Atlanta, that's a nice matchup, but not quite that upper tier. So I guess I'd go with Aaron Gordon. All right. Yeah, and we have Aaron Gordon and Jeremy Grant basically neck and neck as far as uh, our projections go for for today. You can check all of that out. Ownership, you hear us talk about it throughout the show, our awesome ownership projections. Uh, you'll, you'll hear us talk about that not just for basketball, but for all of our sports because it's a crucial part of, of being a winning DFS player. All of that at awesome.com, player projections, the boom bust tool, the top stacks tool, the lineup builder. All of, it, all of our premium articles, the Fantasy Cruncher add-on, check all of it out at awesomo.com slash join. Uh, it is a wonderful site. I think you will enjoy all of the content, and I can say pretty confidently that it's the best stuff out there. Uh, Alex Baker, right here, you're looking at him. Awesomo himself built all of these tools, uses these tools to win the good amount of money. I can assure you of that. Uh, and they're available to you as well at awesome.com slash join. If you have questions about the packages, about the subscriptions, my DMs are open on Twitter. I'm happy to give you a hand with them. Uh, but ultimately, if you wanted to do just an express pass for $3.95 a week, uh, or if you wanted to do an all-access weekly or monthly where you're not just getting basketball, but football, baseball, hockey, uh, MMA, you, uh, NASCAR, PGA, all of that, we got you covered. If they have contests on these sites 
We've got content for it. I'm talking tennis too. I mean, you name it, we've got you covered. Some of the best analysts, some of the best writers out there. And of course, the best man for the job creating and building all of the tools that we have. So whether it's weekly, annually, express weekly, you name it, we've got it for somebody, no matter what style of player you are, if you're new, if you're a veteran, if you're professional, if you're a hobbyist, check it out, awesomeo.com slash join. And be sure if you're a UFC guy or girl, Use the promo code Connor, C-O-N-O-R, when signing up if you wanted to get the MMA Awesome O Plus package for only $2.57 for the entire week. C-O-N-O-R will get you our MMA package, Awesome O Plus, everything for UFC, MMA, for $2.57. All right, man. Uh, do you have anything else you want to hit on for Miami? No, uh, I don't think it's that great a spot. What about Toronto on the other side of this game? I think I forgot to mention the totals. Uh, Toronto is a oh, – I lost it. Here we go. Toronto is a four-point favorite, 222 total. Yeah, I think uh, Toronto the, – the prices look very appealing with Siakam at AK on both sides. Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet are at 7.5K on both sides, basically. So – uh, those are really the consistent options. They always get the minutes. The matchup is kind of mad, but I, I kind of like that that tier. Um, and then Boucher off the bench has been pretty impressive, but his salary is sky high right now. So uh, I, I'd want to play him, but a little bit overpriced. All right. So would you say you have any priorities from this game? I think – the three guys I mentioned, Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, are all, like, solid four plays today. Um, just they get, they get elite minutes, and the per-minute production is solid. So I'm not sure why they're priced down a little bit. So I think they're they're very good plays. Yeah, and it's funny with them. I think Ale- or Adam Scher mentioned it on the deep di- Deeper Dive the other day that the, 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 the good thing and the bad thing about this trio is – they're all so similar in usage and in per minute production and in salary that any one of them could go off on any given night. You just have to figure out which one it's going to be before it happens. And that's the tough part. Definitely. All right. Let's talk about the next one here, Orlando and Minnesota. We just had that super chat a minute ago that referenced Aaron Gordon. His price has certainly come up since the season began. You've got the Minnesota Timberwolves as Three and a half point dogs at home, 107 and a half point total for them. But we'll start it with Orlando, 111 implied total, three and a half point favorites, and a 218 and a half overall total for this game. What are we doing with the Orlando Magic today with Michael Carter Williams sidelines? Big news. <laughs> well, I think uh, they look very good. Uh, I mean, Evan Fournier being questionable is the only thing we got left to to determine here. I'm just assuming he's out until we hear otherwise. Because apparently he's not expected to play. Yeah. Oh, he isn't. Okay. Thanks for the the update there. It said he went through non-contact practice, but isn't expected to play Wednesday. Sweet. So that uh, I mean that leaves Aaron Gordon and Vucevic as really the only two stars left on this team with Markel Fultz already being out for the year. So. Vucevic in particular looks like an amazing play. I mean, this is a great rebounding matchup versus Minnesota with no towns because they're they're running Nas Reed out there at center. He's a very undersized center, so that just 
opens up the potential for more defensive and offensive boards for Orlando. And Busevich's price point is very reasonable at 8,600 on DraftKings, 9,900 on FanDuel is a little bit closer to where I think he should be. So he's my he's one of my favorite players on DraftKings. Aaron Gordon also looks very solid, especially on FanDuel. But ever since the minutes restrictions come off, he's been seeing 36 minutes on a good night. And that makes him very appealing because he's a high usage, good assist and rebounder uh, guy. So good option. Do you think Nikola Vucevic's price is is reasonable north of, you know, more expensive than Joel Embiid on FanDuel and on DraftKings at um, $8,600 where that, that, that seems like a massive disparity, right? $8,600 on DraftKings and then on FanDuel he's uh, $9,900. Yeah, that's wild. I, I think our old friend Eddie Fear would love to point out this difference uh, in his <laughs> cardinal rankings of each position. So, yeah, I think um, Nikola Vucevic on DraftKings looks like one of the best plays on the slate, where FanDuel is just another guy. Yeah. Uh, re- I was looking at rebound chances this season, just seeing where Vooch ranked. And, you know, of course, he's top 10 again, 18.7. Uh, he's definitely one of the – one of the most underappreciated big men in the league because for a long time now he has been a spectacular scorer, 27% usage rate, which if this holds would be his highest usage rate, it would be tied for the usage rate he had in 2015, which was the highest of his career, 21% assist rate, which is right around his career high from 2018, and an 18% total rebounding rate. You're getting uh, pretty much everything from Vooch this year. Not the greatest shot blocker, uh, not going to get a ton of steals, but you're getting huge double-doubles from him on a nightly basis. And now you've got him against Minnesota. I think 8,600, man, that is really, really enticing in this spot against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I would say sign me up for this one, especially given that the Timberwolves playing at the sixth fastest pace in the league this year, almost 103 possessions per 48. Talk to me about Minnesota, Alex. Minnesota, so with Towns out, we saw Nas Reed enter the starting lineup. Now, actually, now that I'm thinking about this more, maybe we see Nas Reed come off the bench in this game where Ed Davis starts, given the matchup. So I'm not going to really count on playing Nas Reed until we get that news. Jared Vanderbilt started at power forward, and uh, – I mean, he he was a lot lower priced the last game, so he was one of the top options in that game. Now that the price has gone up, I'm I'm not like as intrigued, but uh, Talon is there, and then uh, the prices on Russell and Beasley have really gone up a lot, so that makes it a little bit harder to get to them, despite the fact that Towns is out. Um. On a night where you have Orlando facing arguably the, the best or grabbing uh, are arguably the best matchup in basketball this season. You know, the Timberwolves have a 113.9 defensive rating. That's points allowed per 100 possessions. It's fourth. It's third worst in the league. Uh, I don't imagine Towns being in or out really makes a big difference. He's the furthest thing from a, a defensive stalwart. But uh, it's one of the greatest matchups you're going to get. Would you say you have any priorities on Orlando or on the Minnesota side in the event that this game uh, evolves into a shootout. Definitely. I mean, Gordon and Vucevic 
uh, excellent plays tonight. Cole Anthony and Terrence Ross look solid. Uh, Terrence Ross only on FanDuel, though. Uh, on the Minnesota side, one guy I'm intrigued by is Anthony Edwards. He saw a minutes bump with some of the injuries uh, in the last game. So, I mean, he was the number one draft pick. They have a lot of incentive to feature him. So, it hasn't come yet, the eruption game, but we know the talent's there. For sure, yeah. And I thought this last game was pretty interesting because – uh, Jared Vanderbilt played 29 minutes. He only attempted four field goals against Atlanta in that 11-point loss, but had a solid overround effort, eight points, eight rebounds, three assists, three steals, one block. He got the start at, uh, at power forward. You have no Juancho Hernan Gomez again. You have no Carl Anthony Towns. Um, do you think 4,900 is reasonable for Vanderbilt? I think it's reasonable, but... He's not a great offensive player. He, his usage is quite low at 13%. Where the rebounding is there, but if Ed Davis does start today, that would be a hit to him because basically with Nas Reed on the court, J- Jared Vanderbilt is probably going to be the number one re- rebounder, but with Ed Davis, I'm not as sure. So I'm just kind of like, you know, 4900 that's like a, a starter price tag, and he's he's just a starter. He's probably going to play like high 20s a minute, so it's not that exciting. All right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate him. He's a 1.12 fantasy point per minute guy for his career. This year he's – he's um, I'm sorry, 1.12 this season for his career. He's a plus one per minute guy. So I think he's done a decent job of making up for uh, the, the lack of usage – with his ability to gather peripherals, but I would have liked that a lot more if his minutes were coming at the five uh, and and not most of them at the four. Uh, I, I don't think he's a bad play, but I would have liked to seen him closer to the basket to make it uh, a, a little bit more palatable for that price point. Do you want to move on? Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Phoenix against the Houston Rockets, who will be once again without John Wall and, James Harden is on the East Coast playing for the Brooklyn Nets alongside Durant and Irving today. The Suns are five-and-a-half-point favorites. They have a 112-and-a-half implied total, 219-and-a-half over-under in this game. Seeing a trend here. Almost every game we've talked about has been between 218 and 220. The Phoenix Suns, though, uh, in what I think many of us would, would look towards as a pretty appealing matchup against the Houston team that defensively is going to have some struggles do you like anything in this Phoenix backcourt this uh, tonight? Backcourt is less exciting because um, I had been kind of on Chris Paul for a while, but now that Cameron Payne is back, we saw that with Payne out, that changed Paul's rotations and he got more minutes. So I expect that to come down a little bit from the 34 he's averaged over the last five. And then Devin Booker's race just haven't been the same with Chris, Chris Paul on the court. So the guy I'm looking at for, or the guys I'm looking at are more of the front court with Cameron Johnson, who got the start last game. Didn't play like huge minutes, but they did say he's going to start today again. So uh, he's really cheap on DraftKings at 3,900. So he looks like an appealing option where it, as a starter, he has the potential to play like 30 minutes if he's having a good night, where off the bench, probably wouldn't be able to reach that. So. Nice value play. And then Aiden seems a little bit underpriced as well as 7K on both sides. All right. So on the Houston side, I, I do have 
just I, I think we have a decent amount to talk about here because Christian Wood has been a, a, on another level this season. He's playing unbelievable basketball. But it is worth mentioning that last game he played 31 minutes, and it's possible that we begin to see uh, his playing time come down a, a little bit here uh, if if Demarcus Cousins to k- continues to get more reps off of the sorry more reps more minutes off of the bench. Uh, Cousins last game played 16 minutes to uh, Christian Woods 31. I'm trying to see if all of the if there were if there was anyone else that got any center minutes because that doesn't exactly equal 48. It's close enough though. Uh, it's you know like a minute and a half shy of of that. So uh, it's hard to say. But the biggest question is now that we're paying a lot for Christian Wood, do you can we rely on him to get? 35 minutes going forward or is he going to start seeing the low 30s in minutes because those additional few minutes make a huge huge difference yeah I think that probably the low 30s with DeMarcus Cousin backing him on play here suggesting on a good night I mean he'll probably play about 36 which I mean that's okay so uh not a standout option given that Phoenix is a tougher matchup these days um and Oladipo being in the lineup now, I mean, he's no James Harden, but that does kind of take away some of the potential usage for for guys like Gordon and Wood. So he just looks like a, a play tonight that's Wood is about average, I'd say, not anything exciting. So on the Phoenix <laughs> side, Cameron Johnson's projected ownership is uh, very high. As a matter of fact, it's one of the highest on the slate. On the Houston side, there really isn't much outside of Wood and, and Eric Gordon getting a decent amount. But let's talk about Victor Oladipo. We've got him projected for around 7% ownership right now. These things can change throughout the day, especially as news rolls in and we adjust. Um, but Victor Oladipo, in his debut with Houston at 7,500, had a very solid game. 23 uh, field goal attempts. If you saw any of this game or just followed along, he was obviously the go-to guy here, along with Christian Wood. He had a uh, 42.7% usage rate in his first game, Alex, uh, and a assist rate of 67%. You heard that right. In his first game, uh, Victor Oladipo was not just thrust into the starting lineup to do everything, but he did essentially everything. His price has come up a couple hundred dollars. He's not getting any ownership against the Suns. What do you think about him today with John Wall remaining sideline? He looks intriguing. I think uh, when you take uh, Harden and Wall out of the lineup for Houston, I mean, they really don't have a facilitator. So that makes sense that Victor Oladipo was able to step into that role and get nine assists in the last game. Um, So that does indicate that there may be more potential for him in this Houston offense with Wall out than there was in Indiana. So I kind of like that play. I think he, he, if you're going off the season numbers, he doesn't look great. But if you're adjusting for this new climate where he's the point guard, basically, I think he looks like a great play. Yeah, me too. He only had 13 potential assists in that game, which is a little bit of a red flag to me. Nine dimes on 13 assists, monster assist rate. Uh, I, I think he had 25 assist points created, which is insane. So you know, maybe curtail those expectations a little bit, but 
I think it's 7,800 against Phoenix. Uh, you can count me in here. And the Phoenix Suns defensively have been middle of the road team, 13 in defensive rating. They are, however, playing it at, at a crawling pace this season. You know, Phoenix was playing at the third slowest pace in the entire league. I believe Great. it. Yeah. They, they've been a little bit slower for the last couple seasons. So not an exciting matchup. That does kind of reduce the appeal for all of people a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. And hey, we're learning things as we go here on the show. Houston playing at a pretty average pace, but this could end up being uh, a relatively slow game, uh, maybe compared to expectations. You want to move on? Yep. Let's do it. San Antonio and the Golden State Warriors. We keep this one moving here. Uh, Golden State comes back against LeBron James-led Lakers the other day. And amazingly, I, I was shocked by this, amazingly got that win. They were down by like 20 points in the third quarter. Uh, now they've got a matchup at home against the San Antonio Spurs, Alex. They're one-point home favorites. This game has a 228 total. It is the second highest on the entire slate. And the Spurs on the road have a 113.5 implied total themselves, also one of the higher marks. Uh, how do we approach this Spurs team today against the Warriors? So I think the Spurs, a uh, pretty good matchup versus the Warriors. So that, that's a nice bump. The difference in price on DraftKings and FanDuel is pretty significant where the Spurs are a lot cheaper on FanDuel, so they stand out more. Uh, particularly, LaMarcus Aldridge is very cheap on both sides. So he, at 6K, he looks like a pretty good option. There was one game where he saw his minutes cut down because Pirtle outplayed him, but I expect that to be a bit of an anomaly. So I think that's uh, a good spot to look. And then, I mean, the other guys look solid too with guys like DeJounte Murray and DeRozan, but there's nothing really making me click that button today. Okay. So you say no priorities from San Antonio? Yeah, just Aldridge. And then on FanDuel, Mills and Gay are really cheap, but coming off the bench, it's hard to really see a ton of upside. What about Stephen Curry on a 10-game slate where there's a lot of competition among the higher-priced players? He's got a usage rate of 32.5%. It's not much lower than you've seen from Curry. As a matter of fact, in the, the Clay Thompson, and, and Durant days, this is 2.5 points higher than what we saw from Curry. His assist rate's at 32%. He's not rebounding well, but he shouldn't expect him to anyway. Uh, I, I think ultimately you just expect maybe him to start shooting better from three-point range, but his true shooting mark is not that much lower. Uh, he is, however, shooting a decent amount worse from three-point range than he usually is. I think that ultimately ends up correcting itself. What are you doing with him today against the Spurs? I think he's solid, but not amazing because – I mean, he's a great scorer and assist guy, but the rebounding isn't quite there. So comparing to him to a guy like Luka Doncic, who's 800 more on draft or 1,000 more on DraftKings, I would definitely lean a lot more to Doncic. So there's there's a lot of great players in this 9 to 10K range, but it's a little bit harder for me to get them with uh, with some of the standouts on the slate. Uh, what about getting to someone else on Golden State? Anyone else here that pops off the page? 
James Wiseman's a little bit intriguing. He played 26 uh, minutes in a couple of consecutive games, one of which Eric Pascal was out, but one he wasn't. So last game he got in foul trouble. He was on pace to play about 22 minutes, but he played about like 19 or something. So that was really disappointing, but I think there's potential. If he's having a good game, he'll see the minutes and he's cheap. All right, we got two to go here. Before we do that, this show is sponsored by No House Advantage. It's the best way to do peer-to-peer prop betting out there. Uh, And the greatest part about all of this is we have projections for it free on the site. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Yes, they are free projections for No House Advantage that you can use to compare against the props that they have over there and beat the competition. The best part is they're static. Those props come out early in the day, maybe for basketball, early in the week for football. You might see them change. You will see them change on sports books. You'll see them change everywhere except for No House Advantage. So you're going to find legitimately stale lines, stale props that you can jump in on uh, and make a huge difference when it comes to um, – when it comes to being able to pull off wins here and the best part, $20 deposit bonus uh, when you deposit and use the promo code awesome. A W E S E M O also to uh, refer a friend, get a friend to sign up. You get another $5 just for doing that, but it is a very unique way of playing. Uh, it's not DFS it's, it's prop betting, but you're using the same knowledge that, were, that you take for DFS that you use to build lineups and, and research players and make sense of any given slate, you're using that exact same thing for no house advantage. So uh, Alex, it, it has been nice to be able to have the, the player projections totally free uh, and use them as a way to, to compare them against the props over at no house advantage. And I think a lot of people that sub to, to awesome or watch this show have had a lot of success doing exactly that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, prop betting is a, a lot of fun in general. And then you take it and put it into a DFS tournament style, like no house advantage. And that's pretty appealing. And uh, there's a huge edge here because um, the, the props really aren't quite as sharp because they're set a long time before like a lot of the information has come out like a DFS salary. So uh, you can really get an advantage by picking the right the right ones and, and game the system. Absolutely. It's all exclusively peer-to-peer fantasy sports platform. So I, I guess you would consider it fantasy sports, but it's a prop betting version of fantasy sports. You're not uh, building lineups with salaried players. You can join totally free today. Just join the, uh, download the app, uh, No House Advantage. And when you deposit, remember, when you sign up, use that promo code AWESOMO to get up to $20 injected into your account. Another $5 when you refer a friend. It's No House Advantage, sponsor of the NBA Strategy Show. All right, man, let's do it. Two more to go, Sacramento and the L.A. Clippers. We're going with the Clippers or with the Sacramento Kings first at the Staples Center. One ten and a half implied total, but there's still 10-point dogs here. This game has the highest over-under on the entire slate, Alex, at 231. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because Sacramento stinks at defense and the Clippers are really good at offense. So, uh, I mean – then it comes down to the the price points and it, it's kind of uh, disappointing a little bit because like, I mean, with George and Leonard in the lineup, neither one is really a fantastic fantasy option and they're priced very high. So they just look like guys you can play, but 
nothing terribly exciting today unless we get some injury news. All right. And, uh, yeah, guys, for anyone that, that's new to the channel, we go game by game. Uh, I did not know that I was on the show. Normally, I would have a run sheet, and I would throw the games up there with the with the, the totals and the spreads. So if you blame it on anyone, blame it on myself. I didn't think I was doing the strategy show until after football st- uh, ended. But here we are. We're going to make it work. I'm going to try and add timestamps afterwards. But if you're asking questions about guys like Tillman and about Rodney Hood, we're getting there. We're going game by game. And I can assure you, we're always going to go from the earliest game to the late game. So you can at least know where to look. Uh, and all of our shows available in podcast form on all of the, uh, on the awesome podcast platform, just search awesome. A W E S E M O, whether it's Apple podcast, whether it's Spotify, whichever platform you prefer, we got you covered. So after these go live, after they upload to YouTube, they're going straight on to, to all the podcast platforms as well. So if you don't want to have your phone open, maybe you don't have YouTube premium, maybe it's sitting in your pocket, go over there, check it out. You can listen to it while you're, you know, cleaning the house, working on your car, whatever you want, whether you're at work, you know, who knows? Check it out. And uh, hey, leave us a review and a five-star rating if you do appreciate it. It helps us out. And that's how we climb the ranks. And of course, like and subscribe to YouTube as well. That's a lot. Sorry, guys. We're still moving here. LA Clippers, what are we doing with them, Alex? So I think uh, it was a little bit tough to get to the price points on the Clippers. So I might just focus on them in the late slate. The one injury note here, Ibaka missed last game, but he is back. Blue Will is questionable. If he was out, maybe Beverly would be a play, but more likely we just see Reggie or Terrence Mann get those minutes off the bench. Okay. Yeah, um, as far as defensive rating goes, the Kings are allowing, you ready for this, 120.5 points per uh, 100 possessions. The next worst team is the uh, Washington Wizards, 29th, with 114.4 points <laughs> per 100. So, I mean, the Kings have been absolutely dismal on defense, uh, which leads me to this next question before we close this one out. Do you have any priority options for the uh, Clippers or the Kings today? So the Kings, uh, I mean, the Clippers are a really tough matchup. So I don't see anything unless we get some injury news. But uh, Bagley, man, I keep getting intrigued by like the potential there. He played 36 minutes in the last game. Huge. Yeah, but he's only averaged 26. So it's hard to really count on that. Um, but he could be a guy to take a chance on. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's just a speculative option if things go well. Um, he played 31 minutes two games ago against this same Clippers team, and they lost by 38 points. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we're giving him around. Maybe give him around 30 minutes or so, and that makes him more appealing. Uh, I think Bagley just as a plus one per minute guy. Uh, I'm. I think that's a good call, Alex. If if there's one guy on the Kings that I'm willing to get to to feel decent about in tournaments where if he does play another 36 minutes might not matter who he's facing because at that price as a pretty uh, competent per minute player, I like it. All right. No better game to close out this slate with. And for all of you guys that have hung with us this long, glad to have you finish it with us. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas on the Memphis Grizzlies against Portland is out COVID-19 protocols. Another one goes down. 223 total, one point spread, 111 implied total for the Memphis Grizzlies. We got to start in the front court. No Joe Val is a huge deal. He's a big fantasy point per minute guy, like 1.3 or 1.25 per minute on the season. Uh, And now 
you've got him voiding uh, a decent amount of minutes in this front court, Alex. You've got Brandon Clark, Gorgie Jang, uh, Xavier Tillman. How have you decided to work this rotation without Valanchunas and without Jaron Jackson, who hasn't played a minute yet this season? This thing, I mean, we have a game to look at now where last exactly. game I was kind of like, is Gorgie Jang going to start with Tillman off the bench still? But that wasn't the case. Tillman got the start. He played 28 minutes. Gorgie Jang only played 14, so that means the rest of the center minutes went to Brandon Clark, who played 35 minutes. So this appears to be a huge bump to Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman, and they both look like great options tonight. Okay. So or would you say both of them are top values today? They have to be, right? Tillman's ownership says all you need to know, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think we will see Brandon Clark's rebounding be a little bit higher uh, than it has been. Xavier Tillman is not the greatest rebounder. So compared to Joe Val, who's boarding at 27% on the defensive end, Tillman's been at about 12%. So that means a lot of rebounds are going to have to go to Clark. Okay. Uh, what else do you have for Memphis here on the road outside of the front court, which is obviously going to be the most popular aspect of this Grizzlies team today? I think, um, I mean, Kyle Anderson, Brooks, and John Moran all look like reasonable options. Uh, the Portland side looks pretty appealing with Ennis uh, Cantor continuing to start with Nurkic out for a month. So, uh Cantor's price point has gone up, but they've kind of indicated they're going to have him play about 28 minutes a game in a competitive game, I'd say. Uh, let me pull up the, the flow and popcorn machine real quick just to make sure I get this right. Um, he played 27 minutes in the last game, but it was a blowout, so he may have missed a couple minutes. And uh, his permanent rates have always been strong. It's just a question, can he get the minutes? And I think... The recipe for big minutes for Canner might be there because he's backed up by Harry Giles. All right. Yeah, and last game for Memphis, uh, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, and Xavier Tillman all finished within two rebound chances of each other. So uh, it's hard to say, but I, I think you're going to begin to see better rebounding totals for Clark and Xavier Tillman. Uh, Ennis Cantor is a quality rebounder, but so is Yusuf Nurkic. It doesn't make a huge difference here. Who would you say as we wrap up today's strategy show are your top options for Memphis and Portland? Because right now, if you just sort this game at awesomeo.com using our ownership, there are five players getting 15-plus percent projected ownership and six in double digits. Clark and Tillman are probably top options on the slate for me. And then on the other side, I think Ennis Cantor is also a top option. So kind of have our front court options figured out. It's just a matter of who else we might stick in the lineups. For sure. And, and just one last thing here. I know we've gone a little bit over 11 o'clock, but we're not up against it. Uh, Damian Lillard, he's playing without C.J. McCollum, which we know is a huge, huge deal. Terry Stotts gets some staggering in there, but really not enough to where it makes uh, to, not enough to where they're playing significant minutes without each other. When McCollum is healthy, McCollum's going to be in a walking boot for probably the next month. And Damian Lillard, since the start of last season without CJ McCollum is a 1.45 fantasy point per minute producer. 
with a 35% usage rate and a uh, 35% assist rate. Just really stellar numbers now going up against a shorthanded Memphis team. He's getting around 16% projected ownership. Would you say he stands out as one of the top tier players as far as price point goes today? Definitely, yeah. His numbers without McCollum on the court haven't been like as amazing as you'd think this year with 33% usage and 30% assist percentage. But, uh, I mean, logic indicates that if you take McCollum and replace him with Rodney Hood, who has about <laughs> half the usage, like, Lillard's going to take a lot more shots. If we go back to last season, this 36% usage, 37% assist, uh, based on this NBA Wowie query I'm running. So that really indicates the potential is there. I think he'll also play more minutes. So uh, he's really expensive, but I think he's a good player. Yep, me too. And while those rates, like you said, aren't spectacular in terms of the increase you see without McCollum, this is a guy who's going who will play 40 plus minutes in a close game. You know, he has been, he's been playing 40 plus minutes in competitive games, 40, 42, 43 in the last three games that were decided by 10 or fewer points. I'll take that to the bank all day long. Alex, uh, your top high-priced option and your top value play. Sorry, putting you on the spot here for tonight's 10-game slate, and then we will go off into the sunset. So the top value play is easy. Xavier Tillman is yep. just dirt cheap on DraftKings at 3500 It's rare these days. You find a good play under 4 k so that really stands out a ton. My high-priced option, I mean, I got three. One, Vucevic, I think, is the best play on DraftKings. Uh, but, I mean, we're talking about all these centers we want. Um, his price point is amazing, though. And then Luca and Damian Lillard both look like kind of t- 1A and 1B tonight where, um, I mean, both are in amazing spots. And Luca's a better overall fantasy producer, but Damian Lillard's getting that bump from McCollum. So I'm having a hard time choosing between them. I'm with you on all of that. And the last one I'll say is Marvin Bagley. You pointed that out earlier. As a low-on tournament play, if he does play another 30, 35 minutes at 5,600, just to reiterate, that could be huge. Definitely. All right, man, that'll do it for us. It's been a fun first show together this year. We did this a lot last season. I'm sure we'll be doing more of it as the season goes on. Appreciate all you guys for hanging out. As always, remember, hit that thumbs up, subscribe, help us get to 50K, and check out everything we have at awesomeo.com slash join if you haven't checked it out yet. We'll see you back here soon. And remember, stick around throughout the rest of the day. A ton of content coming up, as it always is, at awesomeo.com on the YouTube channel.